podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, 2nd of October 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. If you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago um, when the Giants just started the first few games of the season that we'd end up having the conversations that we're going to have today in regards to the Giants' form in the last few games, I would have thought you're crazy. The Giants were flying high back then. But, reality check, they've now won a single game in five. A lot of questions to be asked, asked, a lot of things to discuss, a bit of a gut check. Just excuse me while I open my beer. <laughs> okay, that's beer me 50 ready. Beer 52, of course. Well, it is directly from Beer 52. We'll come to them later. <laughs> uh, but it's time to get started. Mr. Majemsey, how are you? I, I'm okay. I was reading Twitter earlier on there and I saw one of my stats uh, people, Poppy Harvey, complaining about uh, recycling and, and plastic and that. And I was just thinking earlier there, we could just recycle last week's podcast to save, you know, save some energy <laughs> because pretty much the same subject, pretty much the same results. Well, yeah, I get I get your point on that. I think that's something we'll, uh, we'll deal with. But I think there's a lot of questions beside Mr. Joel Neal. How are you? Good evening. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's highlight of the week, regardless of what's going on in EIHL. Yeah, it's good with you, boys. And um, Mr. Simon Kitchen, another man like Joel, fresh back from Dundee. Uh, I was totally fresh. I was sober. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can concur. I, I can say that's statistically correct. <laughs> Listen, I had to, I had to jump in, take one for the team, you know, no preparation, leap in there and save the game for the boys while Sis went up into the gods and ate his prawn sandwiches and, and yacked it up with Dundee Stars TV. I gave up my partner for you boys. <laughs> and I did a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> the photographs are good though. That was quite good. <laughs> Right, well, let's get stuck in. That's because the Belfast Giants had two games at the weekend, both against the Dundee Stars, home and away. I'm going to take them as one unit. I'll give you the stats for the both of them. We'll take them as a whole, uh, looking across the weekend, because I think in the whole scheme of things, that's the best way to attack it. Um, Friday night was at the SSE Arena. Uh, it was yeah, it was a two-one win for the Belfast Giants. It was actually Dundee Stars who opened. The scoring, Matt Marquand, who was, well, he's had a few goals against this, I think, so far. Uh, four minutes and 30 seconds into the first period, he scored. Into the second period, Mark Garside with a great finish to level the scoring. And in the third period, 16-19 into the third period, Kyle Bond with what was the game-winning goal in Nets. Tyler Beskarowani was back between the pipes for the Belfast Giants, got the win, 21 saves, 22 shots. The other side, Pontus Shorgan uh, got the loss, 34 saves, 36 shots. Your referees were Stefan Hogarth, Hogarth and <laughs> Chris Wells. Uh, and then on Saturday, we went over to the DIA, as did Simon, as did Joel, and a number of others. 
uh, to see the return fixture. This one was a win for the Dundee Stars 5-3. The Giants actually opened the scoring. Patrick Dwyer with a high tip that was reviewed a couple of times uh, but was given uh, the opening scoring of Francis Bovilla with his first goal of the season for the Belfast Giants. Isn't this first goal? Am I right, Matt? Yep, first goal of the season for the Belfast Giants to make it (laughs) 2-0. But before that period was out, there were still more goals to be had. Mike Sullivan and Jordan Kearney both scoring to level it up for the Dundee Stars before right on the buzzer. Now, it was put down as being 20 minutes. I see on the official game sheet now it reads at 19.59. Patrick Dwyer with a lovely move to make it 3-2 to the Giants. But that was the final goal that the Giants scored. Into the second period, Francois Bouchard leveled it up at 3-3 as the Giants failed to to clear things up in front of Beskarowani. And then they went ahead through Lucas Nielsen to make a 4-3 with about a minute or two minutes left on the clock in that period. Into the final period, and Lucas Nielsen once again 5 3, and the Dundee Stars take the win. In Nets, Pontesorgan with the win, 38 saves and 41 shots. The other side, Talia Biscarowani, 21 saves on 26 shots. Your referees on that evening were Pavel Hallis and Toby Craig. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. The first, just for the record, the first slashing call in that game was in the second period. Um,. <laughs> A win and a loss. And and cost us a goal. And it cost us a goal, you're right. A win and a loss. Davey, I'll start with you. Um, Let's start with looking at Friday's game. The Steelers, the the Stars came out flying, got the early goal, and it was a hard work for the Giants. Yeah, and I know I said a bit tongue-in-cheek there, Paddy, at the start about recycling last week's sort of answers. And if if you you, you bear with me, I'll kind of do that and maybe try and extrapolate it a little. But, you know, down to conversion again, you know, on on the across the two nights, we've we've fired 138 attempts in on goal and we've came out with two goals in the first night and three in the second. And it was hard work to get those two goals in the first night. You know, it, it comes up really, you know, I know Gary throws the, the puck on net. It's not going anywhere near net. And uh, it's taken an unfortunate bit of a demon to, to beat them, the, the goalie. And, and, and from there, okay, that gives them a little impetus back in the game. But, you know, we we struggled to, 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 to really make the goal or make stellar saves. We're, we're, we're coming up with those same conversion issues. And we're talking about, we're giving, giving the puck, we'll turn the puck over for their goal. And, and, you know, we did it again and again on, on, the, on Saturday night as well. So the same problems exist. It existed seven days ago, and that we're turning the puck over cheaply. We're not getting out of our own blue zone well enough, and we're just not converting opportunities. I get what you're saying. I totally agree. Like the opportunities are there, but at the end of the day, mate, the the, the final response is on the scoreboard. You're the one that said to Gary Moran, you're the most important statistic is the one on the scoreboard. So four all throwing all these shots, we're not getting the goals. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a. I don't have an answer or a solution for that. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying, you know, in terms of what we did last week, we did exactly the same way. Nothing has changed. We gone week, yeah, the lines have been shuffled up again, but we didn't change. We didn't change. We obviously tried to change our outlook a wee bit, but it was the same result. And if you, what is it? The definition of madness is doing the same thing again, and again, and expecting the result to be different. Simon, you know, you were behind the mic uh, on Friday's game. 
for me, and I know I wrote the uh, I wrote I had the joy of writing the uh, the game report for KOTG for both nights, and maybe I was a little bit harsh to an extent, but for me, it felt especially on Friday night like the Giants just scraped it. I think that's a fair assumption, Paddy. To be honest, um, you know Dundee, like uh, we're we're I think we're we're probably being overcritical. Yes, it, it hurts at the time, and you're we've pissed off. Even when we beat them two one, you could still feel that there wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't too many positives about it. Uh, yeah, you got the three points, and, and even when I interviewed Adam after the game, he he said, you know, um, it, it wasn't a great performance, but. Look, the bottom line is you've got to give credit to Dundee as well. Dundee yeah. came in with a game plan. Um, I don't understand why, you know, it's 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 nothing new with, with uh, Omar Pasha. He, he knows exactly what the way he wants his guys to play, and they came in and, and, and played very, very well. Um, we'd mentioned literally about a minute before uh, the, the goal, and, and I'd said uh, the toy, I said, you know, it doesn't really matter which way you score. I mean, if it comes off your backside and then that, you know, that's a, uh, you know, that just sometimes it takes a goal like that to get you going. And literally a minute later, come off, um, there's a shot from the point from Gary, um, come off the glove of Mike Sullivan and beat uh, Shogun, who was going the other way. So it's three things like that that literally can't get you going again. And getting into the third period, we, we dominated possession. I, I know there's nobody does uh, um, uh, timings on how long you have the puck and, and, and how much. You know, I know we count the shots and we count a lot of our stuff and the, the stats that Davey and his crew do are great. But you know, when you're when you're when you're looking at the the whole picture and you're getting one one draw at the end of the second period and you've played you have played okay, but you haven't played well enough. And that's another game that it's it's just been in the last two to three weeks that we just haven't got going. And that that's that's the concerning part to me when you when you put Look at our, our line that was. You got Johnner, Dwyer, and Bond, and that's the only line that's scoring points. And that that's a bigger concern for me than anything else. And when you've got, you know, you obviously Adam's been shipping around guys that, with the extra import, bringing Beskarani back in. Some, you know, uh, Bovillier sat Friday night. He came out on Saturday, and I think Joel will tell you, I thought it was a really good game. Um, you know, he, again, he, he maybe give the puck up a little easier on their second goal. Uh, but if you to watch that their second goal back on Saturday night, it's a calamity of of it's literally three or four turnovers by us that lead up to that goal. Um, but in closing, <laughs> um, <laughs> the two games uh, and only picking up two points for me wasn't good enough. Um, there's guys right the whole way through the locker room. They do not know, need me to call them out on uh, AVFTB. They don't need me to call them out on Twitter. They know that they're not playing well. Um, you know, Darcy Murphy sat out. Bovillier came back in. Uh, he got a reaction from Bovillier. He scored a really good goal. Um, I'd like to think that Darcy's going to react on, on uh, Friday night against MK, his next game back, and and hopefully, you know, he comes out and starts scoring goals again. There's just some guys that aren't firing at the minute, um, and they need to start, you know, we, we really do need to start um, putting our best foot forward, as they say. <laughs> Bing. So, um We'll, we'll wait and see how it turns out. But again, I've seen that I've read that the social media that we've had over the last couple of days. You know, there's a lot of negatives in it. Um, it's like I have a I have a rule with an R house with Jasmine. Jasmine does something wrong. She gets a ball. She doesn't go to bed. 
thinking that that is leading into the next day. It's done and dusted that night. So for me, we need to start supporting the guys again. We need to literally give them all our support for this weekend. Two big games on, on Saturday and Sunday, Friday and Saturday, sorry, and then an away game on Sunday against Coventry. But I think we all need to get behind them, start thinking positively again, and hopefully they'll come up with um, four, potentially six points this weekend. Joel, I think what the going into these games against Dundee, as Davy said, you know, rinse and repeat. We were, especially the the fans at the SSE, were looking at reaction. They were looking at reaction to the the weekend previous that you know, or the week previous that saw us get nothing out of three games. They were looking for something a little bit spectacular, something going back to the start of the season when we looked like we were playing like at a phenomenal pace. They didn't get that, really, did they? You know, there's a reason that sports psychologists, especially in the States, when you look at the NFL, there's a reason that these guys are paid millions to keep these elite athletes uh, mentally ready to do what they do. And that's a sliding scale in every league in the world and every sport in the world. Um, there's a reason that Tom Brady pays some guy to make him eat tomatoes and do mad exercises because that's <laughs> what he needs to get mentally ready to do what he does. I'm done with talking about what happened in these games. It's now the why because as has already been said really well, we are rinsing and repeating at the minute. We're doing the same things wrong. The same things are happening. There's no point in rinsing those over and over. We are in our own heads at this point. That's that's my assumption. Or, uh, assumption. That's my maybe generalization. It's just how, how I'm managing to sort of um, you know rationalize it all in my head. Um, whenever you're in your own head, that rot sets in. Um, the panic worsens, and it's this self-perpetuating cycle of, Fans panic, coach panics, team panics, and round and round it goes. We are squeezing the stick uh, at home on fr- uh, on Friday, Friday, and yeah, then away on Saturday again. Um, that is incredibly hard psychologically once that ice starts tipping to come back out of. We are in that vicious cycle right now, and it's just growing more and more vicious. Um, it, at the minute, it almost seems inevitable. You know, we'll have that burst of, of quality. You'll see those flashes of quality. And look, let's not let's not completely disregard our opponents. Dundee are a tough team. They've got uh, a great goaltender. They've got a tough day. They've got an excellent head coach who's doing a lot with a, a very limited budget. But look, put it this way, and yet again, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fire all my points out on the, at my first opportunity because this <laughs> is the stuff that goes around in your head. And, and I had a long hungover trip home from from Dundee and Edinburgh. Sunday there, but um, a lot of people are talking on online on the social media about passengers. Um, maybe it's the exception, but it's sure as hell not the rule. If you don't, if you think for a second that that team door didn't get slammed shut uh, with a head coach outside of it after that game on, on Saturday in Dundee, if you don't think that there are guys cancelling days off, that there's guys putting extra gym sessions in, that there's practices going on that shouldn't be going on, if you don't think that's happening, you are out of your mind. Have you ever been close to a hockey player? Like, I, I live in, in the flats behind the rink. So as such, I see a lot of guys. I live near a lot of guys. Um, it's not a world I like being too close to. It's a crazy, crazy environment. Hockey players are compelled. I mean, naturally at their very core, compelled by competition. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They could be going to get a pint of milk in the morning. One guy will want to get the pint of milk colder and faster than the other guy. Um, these guys are not wired to be passengers. They're even at the elite league level versus NHL, whatever. Um, I, I actually, whenever I come home from work this evening, I bumped into Swinney in the lift, and by his very face, he didn't even want to speak. You could see he was gutted. And whenever it becomes this kind of face to face interaction like that, all you can say and all you can do is put a hand on the shoulder and say, "Look, mate, 
well, come good. Don't worry about it. It's there. We can see that it's there. Um, you just have to find a way out. There's no easy answer to overhaul what we're doing right now, but it's what they're paid to do. And I have absolutely no doubt they'll find a way. Gutted with the weekend or gutted to meet you in the lift? <laughs> absolutely a bit of both. <laughs> I get. Listen, I get what you're saying, right? And that I, I totally makes sense from that. But you look at the way we went out against Dundee in Dundee and we go out and we score two quick goals and we're looking on top. We have the incident involving um, Leonard and uh, Dow. Uh, a perfectly good hit with Dow just wanting to, maybe wanting to get a bit of a spark. Maybe should have actually got an instigator penalty for it as well. But that, spark, that sparks their team into life and we just panic. We just yeah. panic. So who, so who deals with that? Is that to me or is that to everybody? Well, well, you were the one who went with the sports psychology, so why don't you go first? As the coach said a few weeks ago, there's going to be nobody else here to pick us up. There's going to be nobody else that's going to find a way out. Um, if that answer was simple, everybody would be millionaire sports psychologists. It's down to Adam Keefe. And, and I mean, let's let's not forget that he's been a, a, an integral core part of this club for a long time, but he's still very much an experienced coach. There's no doubt that he doesn't care. I'm sure he'll be talking to his brother over in North America. I'm sure he'll be reading every article and looking at every example in the world to try and find the way out. And sometimes it doesn't take one week and, and two or three good practices where we go to the boards and, and pick on board battles and, and do those better. Sometimes it is going to take a spark on the ice that you can't legislate or prepare for. I think once we find this hot game and once the guys, I, I, my, my honest belief is that it will be a moment of realisation where the team clicks and off we go. I just think that this is a slump. You see sports slumps all over the world and to me this is no different. It hurts a hell of a lot more because I'm so invested in it, but I, I, I just... To me, it's not something you can sit down and write a list out and go, we'll practice today, we'll cancel this today, we'll do gym. They'll be doing that to try and break it, but I honestly think it will just happen without anybody knowing and we'll be flying. Davey, you went, I heard you there saying about uh, Dice should have got the instigator, should have got 17 minutes worth of penalties, but you could see what he was trying to do. As soon as that second goal went, then Pash is taking the, you know, the yeah. lead there and says, right, let's have a time out here, boys. And he read them out on the bench. He properly gave it to them, all guns blazing, pointing all over the ice where what things were going wrong. And those guys came out, charged up, and I think it's, uh, what do you call the Swedish say, Lundgren or something you call it? it says Lundvald. Lundvald. He's out hacking and whacking at whoever he's lined up against. And as soon as it comes down, Lenny makes a hit, and to me, it's a, it's an okay hit. I think it's Nothing a bad hit. But I think it's a poor poor call for the ref to, to call the interference. Um, but the guys, so that's just inside our own blue line. Dies inside his own half, so he travels two lines to get him to, to throw the gloves down. Johnny Boxwell does the same, whatever first weekend of the season travels maybe twenty feet and gets a seventeen minute penalty. You know, so consistency. I was talking to Andy Dalton or. We don't really like to mask these people's identity. I was talking to Dandy Alden earlier, and um, <laughs> he 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 was saying that you know it's consistency is what these guys are looking for. He'll come on the podcast in a couple of weeks when we've got more time and and chat about things, I guess. But yes, that's you know that's a slight aside. Whenever we conceded the goal, just some thirty seconds later, maybe not even thirty seconds later, we at which came from. Ample opportunity to, to clear the puck up the wall and we've shot it straight up the centre ice, right up a cut, as, as Joel described it last week, you know, straight in the, they've scored 2-1 and the, the, the panic stations again, oh no, look what we've mm. done, we've done the same again and and all of a sudden, to use your terminology, rinse and repeat, 
same thing happens again with taking that wee bit of panic stations. But, you know, like Simon said earlier on there about Dundee, you know, you pay respect to your opposition. And I do to a certain extent, Dundee come with a game plan. But like in the Odyssey on, or the SSE on Friday night, you know, we've controlled possession. We've controlled the time. We've controlled where the puck is on the ice. We've coughed up very, very few shots on Besco. We've put on an incredible amount of pressure on their goaltender. We're just not converting now. How that changes, as as Joel has gone into, you go through your processes, you stick to your process, you stick to the plan that the coach has, and you just keep going and you turn up the work every day and hope that something clicks. Because although the game's not played on paper, on paper this is a very talented squad. They've done it year in, year out, and their various rosters and various teams and played here in Belfast as well. They come here and they just need to start complementing each other and doing the same. Do it, you know, keep it simple, stupid, as uh, you know, as uh, uh, something that we say in our own work lives all the time. But you know, it's it's as straightforward as that. We just need to get back to. For me, there's a, a kind of reset button. We had a sort of recipe in those first couple of weeks of the season. Remember, we had the we we, we laughed about the one weight line, and you knew that. Uh, Bryles was going to go out with um, Rudy and Murph and, you know, there, there's a little bit, I've read a little, a little bit in social media as well about Hunter Bishop coming in and, you know, that's his upset lines and, you know, there's a, there's an argument to, to go back to, well, there was the formula that was working, Hunter Bishop, you need to come in and find what your spot in this roster is and and, and go back, but obviously, you know. You Davey. What? Did you did you just criticize right. Hunter Bishop? No, 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 <laughs> no, not in any shape or form. I'm criticizing. I'm saying he has to find that slot. It's just not necessarily. No, right fair point. Bishop's in, so he's our top line center bang. You're right or whatever, but it just means he needs to find where where he fits in that team and the person that he's replacing. He has to find his slot, and all of a sudden you replace one person. You know, nine people have to move about, and then D men. But you have to take into consideration injury and illness and settling in all these things that are still going on because it's still very very early in the season but <clears throat> now's not the time for panic but now is also the time to not lose more ground we're we're not we're not very many points out of second place if you like in the league you know so it's, it's not a complete disaster but it's one of those things that you can't let the rot continue i think that's to that point sorry, sorry go, Patty, go on Charles, you to that, to 10, po- 10 seconds to that point like this is a three game weekend coming up and look at the disparity in games played on that table mm-hmm. at the minute you know we could come out of this weekend with eight points and as I said on Twitter last night I'm not saying we're not in a hole but I'm saying that if we were to have split those losses up over a wider area we yeah. wouldn't be panicking like we are you know we're right back in that mix if we finish this weekend on eight points says one of the big topics we spoke about last week was was leadership um whether we're getting that leadership now we're you know i'm not really going to go too far and because we dealt with that in a big way last week but looking at that game that both you and jewel attended on on saturday and one of the players that stood out especially toward especially with his goal towards the end of the first period was patrick dwyer yeah you know the goal um even his first goal, you know, his first goal is good hand-eye coordination, um, you know, knocking it down. And I don't understand why it took nearly eight or nine minutes to, to say, yeah, it was a goal. There was, was absolutely nothing wrong And then wrong awarded to Swindlehurst. Yeah, and, and Swindlehurst and got the goal. It's just, again, that, that's being more and more um, frequent from officials. They're just, they don't seem to be picking the right. I mean, Swindlehurst wasn't even on bloody ice. No. You know, McFall was the guy who took the shot from the point and, and Dwyer was only putting tap it down in front. Um, you know, I thought Dwyer again. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday, uh, and this person was saying about, um, you know, they didn't think Dwyer brought much to the team. And I said, well, well, you're absolutely wrong. 
Um, and without saying uh, that I'm having a go at anybody else, I personally think that there's a hell of a lot more that Pat Dwyer will give. But I think he's having to actually come down a level right now because the confidence isn't there. I think that he's, you know, he's in a position there at the minute where he's playing with, you know, Bonner. Bonner's, every time you see Kyle Bonner, he's either coming off the bench or he's in front of the net. Um, you know, so he knows his role, what he's got to play. Um, and it's not a coincidence he's got seven goals. So seven goals, David? Yep. Seven goals so far this season. Seven goals in the month of um, of September. And, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, I think he's got off their flyer. But I do think that guys really do need to step it up. I think that the performance at the weekend on Saturday especially um, wasn't good enough. And when you – I've watched the whole game back again. Um, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking not so much in the, the first, say, for argument's sake, seven or eight seconds leading up to, to all the goals. If you look back beyond that and look for the – that second goal, and it even starts in their end. Uh, we give up the play in their corner because you lose possession of the puck. And, if, and the, this is 200 feet from our own goal. They break forward. We get control. We we don't make an outbound pass onto the tape. And that's one thing that was a real that really stood out the whole weekend. The passing was not good enough. It wasn't flush. It wasn't on the tape. It was in the feet. It was guys were having to you know collect the puck with their head down and and the suicide passes is is it's been well. And no one in for a long, long time. But um, I think Pat Dwyer is, is well, you know, once he gets going and once everybody else gets going, I think you'll see a big, big improvement in Pat Dwyer. But Davey knows the point so far. I, I just can't, I think he's got, I think it's three or four goals and, and nine assists so far this season. Um, but I say, Neil, Neil White said, said the message to me uh, on Sunday, I think it was. And if it's right, I haven't checked it before. I tried to check it earlier. He said the first ten games last year, we were five and five. That's both Challenge Cup and League, and that's exactly the same where we are right now. Now I think we had a couple more points in the league, but five and five, five wins, five losses um, last year and this year. And I, I'd have to double check that. I think it's right, but I'd have to double check it. But I think that's um, it's, we're no different than where we are last year. But uh, big, big improvement needed from all aspects both forwards and the defence and then obviously you know best will not be happy with conceding five goals he didn't get much help um, no. and uh, you know that's the same but, but there was a scene we talked about last week there was people having to go at Stephen Murphy he didn't get much help uh, we're giving the puck up too easily and that has to change we need to get that going right and we need to basically make this instead of trying to look for a 60 or a 70 foot pass which you know, could get you out of your seat and you'd, you'd be apoplectic over it. Um, we need to make the simple decisions and it's about decisions making from here on in. Because if we don't, then we're going to end up with even less points. Well, we can't end up with even less points, but you know what I mean? We'll <laughs> end up with ducked points from us. <clears throat> Davey, you know, we're talking defensively. You spoke about the shots on goal at the other end last week. It was Shane Owen. We, we, it was a conundrum that we couldn't solve. This week, especially on the game on on Saturday and Dundee, it was you, you heard in the in the post game that uh, that Shurgan was 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 deemed to be the same thing. Is that a coincidence or is that just the way it was? Is it fair as well, <sighs> Pat? If I knew the answer to that, that's you know, I, I 
I, I can only base it on, on what I've watched with my own eyes and, and what the numbers say. And the numbers say that we are, uh, and the video, the tape says we are creating innumerable you know, chances, what's that across two games? 138 chances from inside their blue line. We, we have had, now we haven't got them all on target, but, you know, I'm sure we've had, oh, I don't know, I'm sure we'll have well over 50%. So, you know, if you're saying you're 60, 70, 80 chances on target, that's got to get you eight goals on, on, on you know, on, on the probability of, of goaltenders working in and around 900. So, but it didn't. you know, we, we've come up with five. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're short for, for whatever reason. We're not converting and we're taking... You know, we're taking those shots, just bang, average shots into the middle of the goalie rather than, I, I just don't know, Paddy. You know, you can analyse there were, you know, Lukai's come home here. Joel's done the sports psychology analysis. Simon's done the, you know, the ex-Irish leg end, you know, analysis. You know, play, people, guys play the game. You know, Joel's put it very well with the, the psychology side of it. It's a mixture of all that. We're not passing well enough and we're giving up. Well, Simon did it very well there, actually. It's not just a case of we're not defending our own blue zone. We're giving the puck away cheaply, 200 feet per own net, and then we're not hustling. So mm-hmm. there, there's work rate issues as well. You know, we're, we're <laughs> their first goal, you know, on, on, on Saturday night is uh, we're, we're, in their, we're in their red zone and all of a sudden we're outnumbered two on one, 180 feet away, and Besco's got. You know, one on none, the opportunities popped in over his shoulder, and then yeah. you're chasing the game, and your game plan goes out the window because our game plan will be to get out fast, get that first goal, and we're a team that leads really well. You know, we're a front runner. We get a goal, we get two goals in front, as is you know noted by Adam Keith's team last year, early doors against the Sheffield Steelers. No, when we came out and we blasted two, three goals in the first ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen minutes of a game, we couldn't be caught. But when we go behind, there's a little bit of panic stations and, and, and we're still trying to work that out. Simon's right there, by the way, 5-5 five and five through the first 10 games this season. So um, I would have to run very, very quickly back. Give me scroll on the little... Scroll too far. I'm back at 2013 now. Hang on. Don't panic. Play, anyway. play the Statman jingle. That's play what I'm just about to do. I'm the Statman. You just let us know when you're ready, Gary. I'm ready. All right, Cooper. I'm the stat man. After, after 10 games of the 2017-18 season, we were also 5-5, five and five, although one of those losses was a shootout loss where we gained one point for the away game. Thank you. <laughs> so let's go around the horn here in regards to this one question because, and then we'll, we'll sort of try to move it on. It's obviously we're going to talk about the three games ahead later in the show, but I'll start with you, Joel. This week... Right, we've got we've um, with the game on Friday, but Sunday. So in the in the five days or six days of preparation, whatever it is, what changes? What, do it, personnel change, attitude change, training change. What changes going into the game against MK? I have no doubt that in terms of the logistics of how a practice is put together, uh, the coach has no choice but to break the game tape down and address the individual. Uh, elements that are causing us to uh, to s- turn over soft pucks, to let guys skate up the middle, to let people come across the front of goal. Um, the, the reasons why we're leaving the goaltender out to dry. I have no doubt that all of that logistically is happening as, as we speak and, and today. And, and I'm sure Adam keeps hunched over a laptop somewhere right now, scribbling away. Um mm. You have no choice but to do those things. My point that was that I made before and the point that I'm sticking to is 
it's it's a crazy crazy game uh there will be a moment there will be a flash there will be a game when this all just drops away and the giants remember who they are um the there are people much more intelligent than i that can tell you about how you physically address the issues that we've been having um, i'm just saying that it's such a toxic and confusing mixture of things that sooner or later we're just going to find a combination and it's going to drop that's that's what i believe simon what changes uh i think they have to work harder um i think that where we're, we're sitting right now uh you know do we it's, it's mental uh, mistakes that are being made it's it's simple giveaways from guys who have played this game for a long long time um i think that they just need to try and simplify things uh adam brought them in for extra training yesterday um there was guys in today. Uh, they'll be training again tomorrow, building up for the weekend. Um, and I, I, I would, to be honest, I think it's probably Wednesday would be their their tough day. Um, and then just you know slow down special teams, getting everything sorted for Thursday, and, and obviously playing on Friday. But uh, I think that where we're sitting right now, um, from a perspective of of confidence, um, I think that guys need to to you know get it from within. Um, I've no doubt that there's there's players on this. Well, we, we've seen it already. I mean, last year there was, you know, likes of Rudy and Riley uh, Murphy. You know, what David was talking about that line earlier. You know, between them, I think uh, there's six goals this season. I think that's right. I think Rudy's got one, Riley's got one, and Murph's got four. And that one with four of those was scored. Three of them were scored in that uh, hat trick against Fife. So I think that line. If it stays together, I don't know what the lines are at the minute. But if that line stays together, they, they, you know, you can see that there's there's bursts of um, of uh, talent, and there's there's guys there that we know they can score the points. Um, but I think that we just need to try and get a goal uh, early in a game and get the confidence going from there. We played well on Saturday when we scored those two goals, and again, I, I firmly believe, and we we talked about this on numerous podcasts down the, uh, since I've been on board anyway that. One of the things that we're lacking at the minute is that is trying to literally grab the momentum by the scruff of the neck. And that's what happened on Saturday night when Dye skated across the two lines to get mm-hmm. involved with, with Curtis Dennard. Curtis Dennard found him his dinner, but it certainly fired up the Dundee Stars. So guys need to literally step up, um, work harder, work smarter, and uh, get ready for work on Friday night. Davey, what changes? I think uh, we just need a little catalyst. I, I, um, I'm, I'm glad um, Joe said scribbling over the laptop, by the way. But, um, you know, I, I, I think we just need a little spark. I, I put a little question out on Twitter there the other day about what, what same kind of thing, what would you change? And I was glad to see that the vast, vast majority of people that replied to it said not personnel, that the personnel are here, that we just need to, mm-hmm. something just needs to change. It needs that little spark. It needs somebody to, you know, step up and say, it's going to be me tonight, boys. Should that be somebody going out and emptying somebody or throwing, finishing every hit, you know, just going to work. And I said last week about, Simon said something about, you know, Adam Keith, about people not doing things for you. You've got to do it yourself. You've got to get down and get dirty here, boys, in the corner. And you've got to get that puck in deep. We're, we're, very, very not great on the cycle at the minute. You know, we're not pinning teams into their zone particularly well, not getting a high level of ozone pressure. We're coughing it up on the blue lines and, and having to go back that 200 feet. And that saps energy and saps confidence. And it, 
you know, it drains the crowd as well. They're, uh, you know, so we just not need to get it in there deep. Go to work, get that ozone pressure going, and start moving the goalie. You know, and, and, you know, coach, I can hear coach screaming, take his eyes and <laughs> take all. Eyes. You know, we got to get net front presence. We got to get garbage goals. You know, all the cliche stuff, Paddy. We have to get dirty in that blue paint and just somehow get pucks across that line. And as I say, I think once. Once one or two go in, I think this team's going to be okay. But we've been saying that for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. The team are creating, but they're not scoring. So that is a massive conundrum. The highlights of both these games, Friday and Saturday. Friday at home, Saturday away. The highlights you find at kingdomofthegiants.com from Belfast Giants TV and Stars TV featuring guest commentator Simon Kitchen. How was that, mate? Hi. It's all right. Bit of a change. Um, yeah. He, uh, the, <laughs> They, they they asked me before, they they contacted me last week and asked me to do it and I says yeah, I, I don't want to do the whole game but I'll I'll do a period or or uh, jump on for a bit and he says yeah it's dead on and came to me before the game uh, and said uh, he says look he said do you want to do you know do you want to do the whole thing yourself and I went <laughs> no um, I says I, I do want to watch the game I've got my daughter with me so um, do you want to give us a night off <laughs> <laughs> basically so uh, but, you could have um, given me the heads up before face off well, <laughs> well to, to be honest. Uh, I didn't want to. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to see what you were going to be. I mean, to be very honest, I wasn't really going to do that many updates. I mean, I mean, the first one, of course, the bloody first time a Trevi Tape shot in. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Leonard had a big one from the blue light. I think it was. Yeah. So, um, but I was, I was on target um, and well gloved by uh, Shogun. But he, um, it, it, it was okay. It was, it was dead on. But again, it's, it's. Um, I just, I enjoy doing it for. Uh, Belfast Giants TV, obviously, and, and um, uh, it was good crack getting on there. But you know, it's disappointing when you, you come out and tie things up and and uh, seem to be all done. These stars in the second period, yeah, to, it, to all, it all turned. Yeah, it all turned around when you took the mic. That's, that's what I noticed. <laughs> uh, I think you're right there, mate. Thank you, right. But yeah, you can get the all, the all those highlights at kingdomofthegiants dot com. Um, we'll come on to the interviews in a second, but before we do, we enjoy doing this, and if you enjoy listening to it, we'd love you to support us. And you support us by supporting our sponsors, our sponsors at beer fifty two dot com. It's the UK's number one subscription craft beer service. If you like your craft beer, it is the place to go. They'll throw you out with some fantastic variety of different craft beers month on month this month. It's the Oktoberfest theme, a lot of German beers, including a lovely beer, which is made from the honey from a beekeeper uh, in and around Munich. You can get to them, beer52.com forward slash AVFTB and claim your first case for free. That's beer52.com forward slash AVFTB. And thanks very much to them for sponsoring. And thank you to you for supporting them and therefore supporting us in what we do. Right. Interviews. Uh, we're going to hear in a second from Adam Keefe reflecting on the weekend and on the recent news about Paul Thompson. But first up, here's Lewis Hook. Joined by Lewis Hook after practice on Tuesday morning. Uh, Hookie, it's been a difficult last couple of weeks um, as a Belfast chance. I've only picked up two points in the league so far. But um, coming in, you uh, know a little bit about these guys coming in this weekend. He spent last season with the MK Lightning. Yeah, like you said, um, just touched on there. We, we've not been uh, getting many points the last couple of weeks, but I think we're starting to play well. We, we're dominating possession. Um, you know, we've come up against a couple of good goalies. It's no excuse, but... Um, we just haven't been able to find the net, but I think the actual play is there. Um, 
And then moving on to uh, this weekend, yeah, I was there last year as, with Boxy. Uh, they've got a completely different team. They've, I think they've only got one guy that's there uh, from last year, James Griffin, and a new coach. But, you know, they're going to be good, like every team are in this league. So um, I think we're going to train hard this weekend and then uh, hopefully get some points on the board in the league this, uh, this week with three games. What sort of challenge are you expecting from MK? And then we've got a, a new goalie and he seems to be playing very well to pick up a little bit of confidence the weekend with a, a win over uh, Dundee. Yeah, and they've, uh, like you said, they've got a good goalie, like every team seems to have this, uh, this season. And they've got a few guys from Sheffield, a few, uh, veteran guys. So they're going to have a lot of experience. Um, the, the head coach, as you know, he's been in the NHL, so he's going to, he's going to know the game very well. And I'm sure he's going to be tactically very, um, very smart. Um, but I think it's down to how we play more than anything. Uh, we're a good enough hockey team to, uh, beat every team. And I think if we come and play our game, uh, we shouldn't have many, too many problems. Your first month of the league action and Challenge Cup actions over in Belfast. Uh, how are you settling in? Yeah, good. Um, obviously, the results aren't, aren't going our way, but the Challenge Cup, we had a great start. Um, hopefully, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we're uh, pretty much sealed into the next round. Um, so that's good on that part. You know, we want to defend the title that we, uh, we won last year. Um, and with the league, you know, the results aren't there. But like I said just a minute ago, we're, we're playing well. We've, we've got a lot of puck possession. And I think as soon as we start finding a net, we'll get some, uh, we'll string some real good results coming up. Boxy been showing you around uh, Belfast? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> he needs to. He's just staying in the house. No, he's he is. He's telling me where. <laughs> he's just behind. <laughs> he's uh, he's telling me where to go. And you know, we're golfing a little bit together. Um, but yeah, I haven't really seen as much as I wanted to because you know we've played played a lot of games um, in this first month but I'm sure once we get into the full um, swing of things and then on rest days we'll get out and uh, he'll show me a few more things but yeah I'm loving it here so it's all good news. Adam uh, another weekend of uh, frustration uh, the win on Friday night against Dundee and then making the trip over to Scotland on Saturday uh, and losing out 5-3 uh, what's your thoughts on the on the obviously just picking up two points? Um, happy to get the two points on, on the Friday at home here, obviously. But uh, you know we uh, we made a, a lot of mistakes that game as well, and um, wasn't completely happy with the performance. But um, at the end of the day, two points were two points. Um, I thought we got off to a great start in Dundee, and everything was smooth sailing, and we were feeling good, and, and guys were. Uh, starting to feel good about themselves and then a few mistakes and it ends up in our net and uh, then starts to panic again and um, you know we, we couldn't get back on 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 top um, and that, I mean that's kind of been the story of the last two weeks or so is it's just simple mistakes that are costing us I mean if you look at the the overall game, and you can't keep saying it and coming out with nothing to show for it, but you know we are carrying the majority of the possession and, and out shooting teams and out chancing teams. We're just not putting the puck in the net enough, and the mistakes that are costing us goals against uh, are too uh, too easy. Um, they're not forced mistakes or unforced errors, and that's a problem. So. Um, that's kind of the focus of this week is simplify very like we got to simplify uh, to a point where it's uh, very simple and uh, we're not we're limiting those errors that we're making until uh, until we start being crisp and, and making plays we got to really simplify 
I was there on Saturday night uh, in Dundee and I felt that the turning point was we were 2-0 up um, Curtis Leonard made a hit along the wall which I thought was an f- absolutely fine hit um, their defenseman Cox jumped in uh, took exception to it Curtis you know, got the win in the fight as well and I, but I thought that changed the momentum of the game and um, I, I spoke to Pash after the game and, and just had a chat with him and, and he felt that that just gave him a bit of energy even though they just they were very flat for the first 10 minutes well there's a lot of things that go into that I mean yeah I mean f- for us I mean by the way I look at it as Curtis wins the fight and, and I'm very happy where where it hurts is we're now on the kill for two minutes and we're missing uh, one of our top defensemen for seven minutes and that's creates unrest in the rest of the five and um, the different deep pairings start going out and, and that's when we start to make some mistakes um, within that seven minutes and um, we, we can't allow things like that to, to get to us I mean there's going to be times this year when we're when we're down to four or five D all the time like that it happens throughout the season and, and we can't allow uh, little things like that to affect us and you know this is probably the uh I guess the the downfall of bringing in uh, half a new team and not used to playing together and not used to uh, each other and um, you know so all, all of a sudden you, you you switch things up because because you have to and and uh, it's just it, it uncomfortable I guess for them and some mistakes happen as a result and. Um, so yeah, I mean, like obviously, yeah, it does change momentum for Dundee, but uh, not uh, not as a result of the fight. Maybe more as a result of us actually losing Curtis Leonard. I mean, that is a big blow for us. Uh, it's not a good trade off for in my eyes. So, um, but uh, you know, full marks for for Curtis for sticking up for himself, and uh, you know, he finishes a check, and a guy comes and starts to try and fight him. I mean, I I, I don't blame him. So. Uh, any, any idea why I didn't get into together? Because it was a late uh, together. I, I mean, that's 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 the officiating's call, and um, I know for sure if it was probably had been me, it would be in a, a definitely two plus five plus it, it certainly would have been a seventeen minute penalty. So, but um, look, there's no excuses. Uh, this is on us, and uh, I got to find a way to get uh, some of our guys to to let loose and, and start scoring some goals and I gotta find a way to also if, if we're not scoring goals we have to be much, much better defensively. Moving into this weekend, uh three and three. Um it's never easy, but two first two games at home and then travelling to Coventry on Sunday. Let's start with Milton Keynes gonna be the first time you face them this year. They good good result on Sunday against the Dundee Stars. But again Dundee had finished their three and three. What sort of challenge are you expecting from MK? Well, I know for a fact uh, there's no easy games in this league anymore. We found that out last year as well. I mean, we didn't lose the league last year to to Cardiff, uh, Sheffield, and Nottingham. We lost the league to uh, you know the Dundees, the Edinburgh. That's where we lose games to dropping points to those teams uh, last season. And you know what? That's a credit to how close the league is now that you can't show up. I remember. Yeah, with this league uh, nowadays, if you don't show up and play for a full six, you lose. And I think that that's uh, something that's a, a credit to the league and how much it's developed over the last uh, four or five years anyways that uh, there's, there's that much parity around the league. And um, 
I don't I don't expect any different against Milton Keynes on, on Friday and Saturday and, and obviously Coventry on Sunday is gonna be even harder. Um you know, Milton Keynes is a team that uh, has brought in some quality players and a really quality big netminder that this I mean it's not gonna be easy to beat them. So uh, we do need to find ways to bear down when we get our chances. Uh, we're certainly getting enough chances, and uh, we have a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net, and we need to bear down. We need to find ways to score goals. And, um, and in the meantime, we absolutely need to focus on our defensive game. Uh, you, we might be struggling to score, but we scored three goals on Saturday against Dundee, and you can win with three goals. Uh, and that's what we need to get through our heads. We should be trying to focus defensively until we can get our offense going, uh, and not just until. Uh, we should always be focused and, and, and uh, sound defensively. Sunday, Coventry, um, big game. The day again just passed the weekend there, um, and picked up the win. And and again, Coventry are one of these teams where you don't really want to know what they expect. But as I've already pointed out, there's not going to be an easy game in this league. No, Coventry seems to be on a bit of a roll, actually, especially at home. And uh, they've run into some goalie troubles, and uh, they, 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 the guy they brought in seems to be off to a, a great start for himself uh, as well. And, um, you know, they've already uh, proven that they, they're a team to compete with, for sure. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, when you go into Coventry, it's a different atmosphere. It's a smaller arena. It's uh uh, it's a it's a difficult place to go and play, so we're we're certainly got to be at our best there as well. I mean, there's no easy games. This is uh, it's a tough league these days, and uh, you know if you don't show up and and do the business on every night, you're going to lose. Can I ask you about Paul Thompson? Um, obviously, Paul lost his job yesterday. Or, sorry, they've agreed to go their separate ways. Um, he had a lot of success in, in Sheffield over the last number of years, league title, playoff title. Um, but it just again, it just goes to show that he's lost a couple of games this year, and it is going on about what you you just talked about about uh, teams, you know, maybe not turning up on, on any given night and being beaten by so-called lesser teams. Yeah, well, I mean, Tom was a, a pretty well-respected coach around this league. I mean, I remember him from his days in Coventry when I played, um, and he always built uh, you know big mean tough teams that were hard to play against and it's something that uh, you know you always respected that team that the, his teams that he had when when you're going up against them and uh, obviously his successes there in Coventry uh, speak for themselves and uh, you know it, it is funny uh, I guess how people have turned on him there in, uh, in Sheffield and the successes that he brought to Sheffield as well um, Albeit a, a tough year last year and a tough start this season, uh, you know it, it is a stressful job, and uh, you know it sometimes. I'm sure in his mind, sometimes it, it takes away from your family, which is ultimately, uh, you know, uh, much more important. Uh, you know, even I think that the little stress has got to him, and and, and you see what what happened there yesterday. <laughs> Time for the first player of the month award sponsored by Phonacab. We put it out to our followers on Twitter to give us your nominations as to which Belfast Jazz player should be the first to lift that trophy. 
you came back to us in your numbers and the four nominees for the player of the month for September are number 12 Kyle Vaughan number 39 Patrick Dwyer number 77 Josh Roach and number 83 Dustin Johnner The poll is open now at twitter.com forward slash AVFTB. Get yourself over there and cast your vote on who you think should be this month's Player of the Month. Kingdomofthegiants.com will also have that poll. And thanks very much to Phonacab for the continued sponsorship of this award. Yep, Cal Bond. Patrick Dwyer, Josh Roach and Dustin Johnner are your nominees for the very first Player of the Month sponsored by Phonacab. Uh, the poll is up right now for you to start casting on twitter.com forward slash AVFTB. You'll also find a bit of a summary of it on kingdomofthegiants.com. Let's go round. I'll start with you, Simon. Bond, Dwyer, Roach, Johnner. Who's, bon. your, who's your pick? Bon? Yeah, Kyle Bond. Um seven goals and and uh nine games, uh decent return uh, for his first uh I, yeah, seven goals. I I was gonna try and think of something. So yeah, Bond all day long. Uh, pretty simple, Joe. Kyle Bond. That's that's just it. Like he's the he's 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 the difference maker. Um, there have been flashes of brilliance uh, from the other guys. There have been big nights at work from the other guys. But I have yet to look at a Calbon shift or a Calbon game and say I wasn't very good. Um, he just in a team that is struggling right now. He is the one that's closest to hauling the team onto his back and just keeping on plugging. So it's bond for me. Davy is it three for three? Patrick Dwyer. Oh. Um, you know, I think Kyle Bond's opportunities would be slightly more more thin on the ground had it not be for um, you know Dwyer rolling the snowballs for him. But credit the Bond for going to that back post game after game, getting into that blue paint and getting those goals. So you know, very close for me. But just to just to spread the love, at Dwyer. I think I have to go for Dwyer as well. I was doing some of the, I was doing some of the stats because what? I didn't didn't get any of you or Joel. So I was looking. Well, I was just looking at some of the stats <laughs> and. Um, yeah, assists-wise, he's coming up with a lot of the apples. and he's, what, he's Dwyer's the top point scorer in the Challenge Cup at the minute, and that's a fair reflection over his early part of the season. And then you look at that lovely finish against the Dundee Stars. Ultimately, yes, we lost the game, but what a lovely goal it was. And I actually agree. Who was it? Was it you says that said maybe he's playing within himself in a second? Uh, sorry, at the minute. I definitely think that you know there's, there's more to come from him, but... If there is this, I think this month has been fantastic. But yep, two votes for Bon, two votes for Dwyer. But doesn't matter what we think; it's what you think. Get yourself on to twitter.com forward slash avftb and uh, and cast your vote for the first player of the month of the season. We'll, we will uh, we'll wedge that uh, that trophy out of the grasp of young Ethan McLean, and we'll we'll pass it on to whoever is to get it next. Yeah, uh, Bon and Bon and Ethan were equally top for me. Bon and Ethan. <laughs> just, just by the way, that's a great tagline for the show. A view from the bridge, it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? <laughs> right. Um, let's look around the league. Uh, well, there's one big topic which you're obviously going to talk about, but that's going to come last. First up... 
Dops. 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 There are three uh, what suspensions been handed out by the Department of Player Safety from the weekend. Tyler Biggs of the Nottingham Panthers has received a two-game ban for a check to the head. Uh, Jaden Rissling of the Nottingham Panthers has received a one-game ban for elbowing. And uh, the Storm's Dane Byers, not Dane Bowers, <laughs> wow! He's, he's he's out of his mind. Uh, nice. He received a one game ban for major fighting game misconduct as a third man in. Um, Dave, have you seen any of these? Yes, I have. I've seen the two involving the Panthers and Steelers. I didn't see the. Um, I seen the Bars video once, but I haven't seen the, the video of him at the weekend there. Um, <laughs> I think we'll know which video we're going to be. I'm just uh, that one. Just move on, move on. Um, the hit. I think it's Davy Phillips just re- releasing a shot, and, and he throws. He, you know, Dobbs have done a very good video. Swings his weight to the left and throws it up in the the shoulder, up in his head. Headshot, bit of buffoonery, goonery, whatever you like to call it. Worthy of a ban. The other one, bit of an instinctive reaction to throw the elbow out, but still dirt. You know, so I think. Um, he was lucky to get away with one game. I think they were both probably worth worth a couple of games. Simon? Uh, I've seen them all. Um, I think that uh, that Manchester Dean Bars has uh, got away very, very, very lightly. Um, you know, jumping in third man in, uh, proceeding to punch the guy's head off the oh, ground while he's still that. lying there. Um, I thought he was very, very lucky. He'd only get one game. Uh, Biggs for the hit on Davy Phillips. Hundred percent agree with that one. Um, you know, he, he took his weight off his left leg and pushed up his right shoulder in the first contact with Davy's head. Um, and uh, the one for Rizling. Um, can't can't argue with that one. I think Dobbs have got the uh, maybe a bit soft in the bars one, but the other ones, yeah, I agree with. Uh, I have to come back, Paddy. I actually did see the I did see the bars one. Um, he's a lucky boy you know he's came a long way to get involved fight hadn't really started but he, he definitely is obviously third into the other occasion so under the, the, the letter of the law he is and he just wouldn't let it go it's more the case that the linos and stuff were trying to trying to get a handle on he just, just kept going and then when they've got him he's obviously ragged all the fella as well so yeah I think he's he's, he's fortunate enough just to get away with the one game but uh, the other two before I discussed. I'm going to come back to the that game between the Lightning and the Storm in a second before I get that I want Joel's opinion have you seen him? Yeah the uh, look I'm, I'm just of the opinion that anything dangerous to the, the neck or, or the head um, is, is, is good for it you know I think honestly the Dops is being um, considered uh, they're, they're not knee jerking any of these Um the the bigs and the wrestling bands fair enough they they probably could have been one or two more without too many eyebrows raised 
Um, but the, the, the Dane Byers one definitely, as the boys have said, you know, he's a third man in and he absolutely digs the head off an unsuspecting opponent. He knew there were two guys going there. Um, I, I've seen those go for, for many, many more, but there are other kind of factors and other decisions that, that I think sometimes um, aggravate the number of games suspended. You know, it, it could have been a little bit more of an edgy atmosphere, a bit more chippy, and you could have seen a bigger band there. But now, all in all, there's there's nothing overly dramatic here this week, to be honest. Like I say, I'm going to come back to the game between the Storm and Lightning because there was another incident in that, and that involved Valdix, obviously a former Sheffield Steeler, who actually got the 2 plus 10 for checking to the head and neck, but didn't get anything more. Davey, you've seen that. Yeah, but it's it's like a flash, just as the video, yeah. the goal the video. So I, I I wouldn't like to comment anymore. Not probably I've, I've seen it once or twice, just on real time. So okay, anybody else? No, nope, didn't see it. No, nope. no, sir. Sorry. Okay, well then we'll, we'll move on. There's no point in me bringing that <laughs> up, was it? It looked. It looked it, I think there's been a bit of controversy around it, especially the Storm fans giving off that it seemed to be well in the light of uh, Dan Byers getting his because he was given a five plus game. For the fighting major and for the third man, and obviously, but it was a bad tempered, a bad tempered game at the Drizzle Dome. That it started off with Valdix checking to the head, and then escalated into in into what they had there. And who was referee in that game? David Good, don't know, him, and Tom Darnell, don't know. Him. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. Other news before we come to the other big. News. Um, Vladislav Stubke has been unsurprising, or maybe a little bit surprisingly, has been retained and got a full contract for the remainder of the season with the Glasgow clan. Says Stubke was brilliant for them. Yeah, he played well against us a few weeks ago. Um, a couple of uh, goals for uh, Glasgow and Belfast. So, yeah, I think Peter Russell uh, does like what he brings to the team and obviously signed him up for. End of the season. I, I actually didn't realize he was on a, a month okay. contract or a month to month contract. So it's definitely a, a good signing for the clan. Joel, surprised to see him at the clan that nobody else picked him up. I think that was actually the tone. If you uh, if you were to take the temperature of of Glasgow fans about Stuka, they probably in their heart of hearts thought he was going to go elsewhere, that he was going to get poached by one of the I, I say I say bigger in terms of finances, bigger teams in the EIHL, or or maybe find a window into Europe. Um, but uh, definitely a pleasant surprise for all of them. I think he's going to be a cornerstone of that team this year. Um, what he contributes, I think you can't just measure in points on the board. Uh, I think he's just one of those talismanic players um, that I think. Glasgow would be much worse off without. Davey, it was actually you that mentioned it the other week that when you know because he was on a temporary contract, you said maybe the Steelers would pick him up. It was it's a big it's a big signature for the club. Well, yeah, that that would indicate to me that they're they're willing to put a bit of money and invest heavily because I'm sure he, he was able to, to negotiate himself after the start he had in that first month and negotiate himself a, a bit of a better deal. I did think that when the Steelers were gassing people and they were looking for a new firepower up front that they would. Uh, Perhaps have a little punt at him, but uh, you know, fair play to the clan. If uh, Mister Black has obviously opened the checkbook there, or opened the, the wallet wider than normal, and uh, allowed them to retain his services. Mm-hmm. Right, let's let's tackle it. It's the it's the story that's been across social media, and uh, well. Social media over the last, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with it, just down this blind alley. Um, <laughs> a view from the bridge. Down a blind alley. Um, <laughs> oh, 
Oh, After what was a difficult period of time for the Sheffield Steelers, um, despite a Challenge Cup victory over the Nottingham Panthers, they went on to be defeated by the Coventry Blaze at the Sky Dome pretty comprehensively. And um, yesterday, yesterday being Monday, we're recording this on Tuesday, the news came from the Sheffield Steelers that Paul Thompson had left the club for personal reasons. I'll read you the statement from the club. Uh, the Sheffield Steelers wish to confirm that Paul Thompson has left the club for personal reasons. The club wishes to thank Paul for his hard work and effort here over the past three and a half seasons. Mark Matheson will be asked to take on the coaching duties in the interim period until a new head coach is appointed. Further statement will be made by the club shortly. There's not been a further statement as yet. Paul Thompson departs the Sheffield Steelers having won a single league trophy and, of course, they broke the uh, they broke the the grand the first attempt at the grand slam by the Cardiff Devils in what was a magnificent one million overtime final in the playoffs to lift the playoff trophy. Um, subsequently, over the last twenty four forty eight hours, we've heard various reports and various rumours as to why this has taken place. A lot of which fingers are being pointed at the fan base, the reaction of the fan base, some fingers being pointed at the, at the players and and how the team have gone on. Paul Thompson himself is a successful coach in the UK game. I wouldn't be surprised if he popped up again at another club. I think it would be criminal if he didn't. From a point of view of us here at A View From The Bridge, we've always found him to be very... Uh, well, he, he always stepped forward and did some great interviews for us. Personally, I enjoyed chatting with him, and uh, hopefully we'll get him on again sometime soon. Uh, let's start with a bit of reaction. I'll start with you, Joel. Um, your thoughts on Paul Thompson leaving the Sheffield Steelers? Listen, I have always been happy to chirp, um, to make fun, to criticise players, but I have always done that within... At least I hope I've always done that, and, and I'm, you know, I've been around this game for the guts of ten years now, not as, as long as you guys, as I always like to point out. <laughs> but um, I, I do that in the context of their job title. Um, that to me is an integral part of why people pay their money and take this thrill ride of following a club and hitting all other clubs around them. Um, we want to comment, we want to be armchair coaches, we want to chirp, um, but there's a line, you know, whenever you start to talk about a person, a human being who has to pay bills, who has uh, their own emotions, their own problems, their own family issues. Your perception of that person is based on sporting headlines of sporting rivalries. It's a, a sort of, uh, it's like an avatar. It's like a comic version of who that person actually is. Nobody's close enough to actually know. So um, I, I take absolutely no joy in a man losing his job and a man who looked very, very stressed and a man who definitely looked at the end of his tether Um the some of the reaction I have to agree with with what has been said by all and sundry I think I find very unsavory um but the reason that it's so prominent and so kind of um I don't know the, the, the reason it's the it's the big headline this week is because because the EIHL in terms of global sport is a village you know everyone knows everyone um the 
the the verbal stuff uh not I, i'm not saying it's right but the verbal stuff that paul thompson was taking is nothing that any premier league manager doesn't take on a weekly basis even after a loss um it's not good i don't i don't like it personally i don't i don't like to take it to that personal level as a man i hope he's okay i hope he can go and get whatever uh going on in the background sorted and i have absolutely no doubt that a hockey brain like that will end up back in the british game you know it's um there's a few people that have just that that uh, formula, they know how to work this game. Um, it's a strange enigma, the AIHL um, in world hockey, as much as we like to pretend it's not. I have no doubt he'd be back. Um, I just, you know, this could be the 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 turning point for Sheffield. It could be the spark, you know, that, that um, galvanizes the entire team and the fan base. But it doesn't mean that it's not unsavory to see the way that it's happened. Um, overall, I wish the guy well. Uh, I don't like his team. I don't care about his team. I don't care if they ever win again. But him as a person, I hope he's all right. The background noise, Davey, is an issue. An issue we'll come to, and some of the other comments that we made will come to. But let's focus in on the man, and and, um, and let's focus in on on him and what he did with the Sheffield Steelers. The results over the last, uh, the opening weeks of the season, the team he put together. Have that team, have those guys on the ice, have they led to this? I think there's obviously an element of that. You know, the underperformance on the ice. You know. A certain amount of it. Everybody has to own their part, as you know, as gets said in Belfast quite often. So the coach will have owned his part in that. But yes, I think he's been let down. Various recruitment, you know, as he's done his due diligence on a few guys, but you know, there've been performers that he would have expected more out of. He obviously there was wholesale changes that uh, trying to catch Cardiff over a summer. You know, I know Seth and will maybe come on to some of Seth's comments uh, over the last few days about you know the. Sheffield Steelers were trying to build something. Well, you don't build something by completely ripping up your plan from last year and, and starting again. So, you know, as far as that goes, they bunk that slightly. You know, they're, they're trying to catch the Cardiff who got ahead of them. There's there's an element of you've got to build on success. And when the Sheffield Steelers won their leagues and won their playoffs, that didn't strengthen. You know, they sort of stood still a wee bit. And, and Cardiff were able to come with a bigger budget and, and come and really, really, from they've gone to the ice arena wheels, they've really been able to throw a lot of a lot of eggs into their basket and, and, and make a lovely big omelette down there. And, you know, it, it's difficult for the Steelers and their fans to accept that, you know, at the minute they're a little bit behind and they, they took that out on, and in a lot of cases, very personally on a coach. You know, you, you don't have to go too far back to read some of the articles that I've written about Paul Thompson over the years and the, the qualities that I think the guy brings to the game, you know, and on a personal level. And I said it on Twitter the other day, don't, and, and I said on the podcast often when we talk about gassing players and changing mm-hmm. coaches, want to see anybody lose their job I think he's been the victim of his own success over the years because he's he's been so successful everywhere he goes all of a sudden there's a bit of a lull bang it has to be his fault and away he goes you know and unfortunately for him he's decided to fall on the sword before it got any worse because some of the vitriol on on and from some people that you expect better off on Twitter um was a bit disappointing so I would echo what Joel says I hope Tomo and, and his family are, are okay and, and get through this difficult time that it must be because it won't have been easy for him to take a decision to walk away from from something that they love so much let me come I'm going to come back to you on this subject you brought up uh, Seth Bennett's comments on Twitter and next I'm going to come back to you on that it says I'm going to go through a stick with the, the, and focusing on Paul Thompson, obviously, like I said, he, he's won a league title with Sheffield. He's won the playoff title with Sheffield, and then maybe in the last two years, you know, he, as Davy said, he he ripped up the formula and tried to start again. Is that is that what's done it? I thought it was two titles he won. Craig Anderson posted <laughs> about. Uh, um, Craig Anderson, unfortunately, was incorrect. All oh, right, okay. Um, the uh, look. 
I think the, the boys have covered it. He's a top top coach. Um, you know, he certainly had our number for a for a, a long time, both at Coventry and and Sheffield. Uh, and he's won silver everywhere he's went. So uh, you know, for for the way it's ended for him at Sheffield again, I have no love for the Sheffield Steelers at all. Um, but as a as a head coach, as a um, you know, any time I ever asked him for an interview, he was more than pleasant. I know you and, and uh, Paddy and Davey have both spoke to him on the phone numerous occasions for the podcast and, and always give up his time. So, you know, he's, he's been more than helpful for, for AVF TV. Um, and I, I do wish him, I hope everything's okay. Um, I wish him the best of luck uh, as a, uh, you know, retired hockey coach at the minute. I don't think he'll be retired for too long. I think somebody's going to pick him up um, and tell me whatever club he goes to better uh, the next time as well. But, there's one thing that's really stuck in my throat over it. Um, and again, this isn't something that I, uh, that I think the easiest way to look at it is I know I'm a bit of a loud. I understand that. I have no problem with that. Um, I usually just say exactly the way I'm thinking. And yes! for, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, the, uh, you know, for, for, I read Bob Westerdale's um, <laughs> post in the, in the, Sorry. What is it? The Star, is it? Yeah, Sheffield Star. You know, and reading that and looking at some of the, the interviews that he's done uh, down in, in recent times with uh, Paul Thompson and also um, another so-called very good friend of, of uh, Paul Thompson, which is Dave Sims. And again, I don't know Dave. I've never, uh, you know, never said that I've met. I've never met the guy, so I, I don't know him. Um, but some of the tweets that he got involved in and some of the social media and some, and obviously Bob Westerdale's um, so-called, uh, you know, reporting on the Sheffield Steelers is embarrassing. Um, and that's put, I, I feel that that's put more pressure um, and inflamed the situation, um, which has led to Paul Thompson leaving the Sheffield Steelers. Um, be careful what you wish for. Who are they going to bring in next? No idea. Hope to bring in somebody and they lose every game between now and the end of the season. That would be, you know, utopia. That would be awesome. However, it's not going to happen. Paul Thompson would have turned this around. He'll be disappointed. You know, he's had the um, had the, the conversation with Tony Smith and and uh, you know whether it's it's he's been pushed before he was uh, you know shoved before he was pushed to a certain extent, or whether it has been amicable and they just decided that now's the time to leave. Um, all I see is positive comments from the players that he's coached before. Uh, the big lad, uh, Debbie Ann, I've seen one from Scott Allenson earlier on. Um, you know, guys who he's, he's coached uh, through Sheffield Steelers uh, over the last number of years, all being very, very positive about him. Again, all the players that have been there um, are there currently uh, seem to be very positive about it as well. So sometimes it's not always the coach's fault. Um, players need to take responsibility. Uh, they, you know, probably get away lightly sometimes. Uh, but again, I've, I do feel sorry for Tomo because of of the way some of the the social media um, and some of the comments that came in about him. I know David just touched on it there now. Some of the comments came in about him from from keyboard warriors. What a biggest load of crap! I mean, seriously, need to take a good look at themselves. I, I seen a tweet from from uh, Dave Grant um, earlier on, and and he knocked the nail on the head about it. And I think he was absolutely spot on. But there, there's there's people about who haven't got a clue. They're trying to tell Paul Thompson how to coach an ice hockey team. Um, you know, 
That's like trying to tell our teacher fish how to swim. It's a little um, feel sorry for him. Um, but again, I've no I've no love for the Sheffield Steelers, but the way it's ended for him, uh, I, I wish him all the best. The most ridiculous part, let's talk about, we've all said our piece with regards to Paul Thompson, and we do wish him well. The, yeah, you brought up the background noises, and you're absolutely right. Some of the vitriol, some of the nonsense, and of course, you know, that's not it's not unique to the Sheffield Steelers. It's not unique to to to, to sport, but you know, Belfast Giants have had it in their time. Yeah, you know, but some of it was beyond the pale. I, I hasten to bring up this resistance that was apparently formed. The resistance who were going to like a, they were going to bring up. But I think this sums it up the best. The Sheffield Steelers, Tom Taylor, yep. You know, it was basically they were trying to boo and put up, you know, try to get Paul Thompson out of the club by there's some of the, there was even violence inside it and stuff. It was just disgusting, some of the stuff that was put up there with regards to that. And you're absolutely right. Some people trying to tell Paul Thompson how to do his job, perfectly legitimate for you to have an opinion on your team. Nothing wrong with that. Perfectly legitimate for people to step forward and say, like, as we do, you know, we think Adam Keefe should do this. We think the guys need to step up. We need the guys need to show a bit of grit and do this, that, and the other. That's fine. If you've got some constructive criticism, go for it. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I'm as big a troll as anybody when it comes to the Sheffield Steelers. I love seeing them fail. You know, it's brilliant. But let's keep it within a certain level, within a boundary here. And then you come to the more professional side of it. You bring up Bob Vesterdale's article yesterday. I've had my hands reading that. It was ridiculous, some of the nonsense that was coming out there. You know, in, in the bathroom come interview room. <laughs> and, and, you know, saying about how Paul Thompson confided him a certain way. But, but well done, Bob. It's not in the paper. Good man. You know, it, that's not, don't conf, listen there, don't confide in Bob Westerdale. There seems, you know, an outlet for the club, and he went to see, uh, there was an article today with uh, Ryan Finnerty, again pointing the finger at the fans, at social media, saying that social media is the reason for this. Maybe it does have its part, but obviously, the performance of the Sheffield Steelers, the, the the losses of the Sheffield Steelers, the changes to the, the, to the team that have led to this growing underbelly of concern. And I, I, I hasten to say hate. Hold on. The Sheffield Steelers, Tom Taylor, yep. Love that. And <laughs> I hasten to say that, but it, it, it has its part to play. Um, Dave, you brought up Seth Bennett there and he had his bit to say. Hey, look, I have, a, I have a lot of time for Seth to do as a, as a guy. I think he's a great fella. But some of the things he said there today, I'll just pick on two of them. One, that he's made Rob Dyde. You know, Rob Dyde had his career year in Belfast. The most goals he ever scored in a season, the most points he ever scored in a season, the most combined total of, you know, he's ever had in a season. So to say that Paul Thompson may have made him a better player, I don't know if that's true because he was a hell of a player when he played that season in Belfast. So... For him to get it better and his points to be down, 20 or 30 points a season doesn't really stack up. Um, and as for he made Liam Kirk, you know, Liam Kirk wouldn't have been drafted without him. I think a very famous conversation that I was just sort of eerie wigging on once once upon a time, Paddy, in the, back in the Odyssey or the SS Arena between you and, and a, someone within IHAK said, you know, Liam Kirk will be drafted before he ever put a skate on near Sheffield Steelers. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
I'll let you extrapolate. I think that's twice I've used that word today. Yeah, it's good work, man. I'm not getting sponsored by extrapolate.com or anything, but no. um, don't look that up. I dread to think what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's just a couple of things I picked up. But as I say, Seth, Seth has every right to his opinion. He's been very close to that organization for a lot of years. Yeah, it was Andy French certainly said was the guy said to me years and years and years ago that Liam Kirk is fantastic and he will be drafted and he subsequently was. Um, Joel, I'll come to you the final word on it because we went through everybody the background noise, the the resistance, the the vitriol. Your thoughts? Uh, it's just cringeworthy. I'm sorry. Anything anything like that is just cringeworthy. You know, take a step back and remember what it is that that we're invested in here uh the belfast giants as a club to me is my life i love it to bits it, it means so much more to me than, than whatever happens on the ice but to get to that level where you're talking about threatening physical violence or getting personal with someone completely unnecessary it smacks to me of someone who is completely lost in their own head and has very little else to do we wish him well and we'll see what the uh, the Sheffield Steelers bring in? There's, you know, I know that uh, Rand Finnerty and his comments said that they'll get lots of CVs of people coming in and wanting the job. Um, there's a squad there that aren't really performing. It's whether they can make the changes or motivate that side to to perform to a level that is acceptable to the likes of the resistance. And we'll, we'll see what happens over the coming weeks, but. They have become, as I said last week, a one-team tabloid machine, and, and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Right, we're going to go for an old-fashioned fan agenda sponsored by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. Just flicking through Twitter, looking at some of the questions. Um, where will we start? Okay, Craig Miller, CGMNI. Okay. <laughs> If you were to pick one player for the last three seasons to return, who would it be, Joel Neal? I was dreading you coming to me first there. <laughs> <laughs> one player for the past three seasons. Does Calvin Elfring count? Yeah, yeah. I think Calvin Elfring counts. Uh, a Calvin Elfring with a few years knocked off. Give me him. Simon. Who, who asked that question? Craig Miller. It's a real cracker, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely was not ready there. <laughs> Chris Higgins. Ooh. David. Um. I can actually hear him scratching his chin. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Leduc. Oh, that's a good one. Well played. Is that anybody like Jerome Leduc? <laughs> Jeremy. That's the Belfast pronunciation. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy the Duck. <laughs> Jerome, sorry. Jerome. The, the Rock, as I used to call him. The Rock. <laughs> I'm going, to, the joke is cooking, like. I, I'm, going, I'm going to throw my one in there I'm going to go for the king of East Belfast Spiro Galakis nice let me see Paddy, if, it, if it was like over 10 years ago I obviously would have defaulted to 
Brock McBride. Oh, the streak begins again. <laughs> I just couldn't live without him. I saw I saw your McBride gamer on a certain video of a Berlin trip during the week, and I just couldn't stop thinking about him. That that flow. Oh man, what a kid! <laughs> Talk, talking of which, the uh, the whole Paul Thompson issue has driven Hitchy back on Twitter, which is interesting. What? Yeah. Stop press. I was yeah. gonna I was gonna bring Hitchy onto this show to talk about it, but I know the BSDG would have said, "I don't care, mate," and that would have been it. Uh, Michael Owens despite the slow start how many points will Belfast win the league by this season David two Uh, Joel Uh, we're going to overthrow those kind of early 2010s one point losses and we're going to win it by a point write that down (laughs) (laughs) Simon Kitchen Goal difference. <laughs> the answer, zero. Zero. We're going to win it by zero points. Uh, uh, of course, goal difference isn't one of the uh, type. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> uh, dear. Um, okay. So, so, statistically, you are in <laughs> A view from the bridge. It doesn't matter what we think. Uh Lazarus, at Lazarus Deadman, good name. Is it still too early to worry about the Giants' title chances, Simon? Yes. Why? Far too early. Because, like, again, there's a lot of hockey. Um, You know, we went down the stretch last year uh, from just after the Challenge Cup final, and we were absolutely brutal. Um, You know, we've still got a lot to offer, and, and... let me tell you something. There's going to be games for the Cardiff Devils. There's going to be games for Nottingham. There's going to be games for Sheffield um, that uh, they're going to lose that they're expected to win. So long, long way to go. If you're t- talking to me in March and there's, you know, we're, we're only getting, we've lost three in a row, then that's a different conversation. But long, long, long way to go yet. Divi? Divi wept. <laughs> just to just to keep it on the Lazarus thing, yeah, far too early. Um, you know, we're we're a handful of games into the season, as as Joel eloquently said earlier on. Have a good weekend. If we're talking the same way next Wednesday or next Tuesday, ask me the same question again. You might get a different answer, but certainly we come out with a, a positive weekend this weekend. All bets are off for you. Can you believe that our our good friend Gary Jackson tried to sit tell me uh, yesterday that the the our lead chances are done, Joel? Color me surprised. <laughs> Gary Jackson with an alternative viewpoint. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Uh, look at the differential in games played. We're on four. Nottingham Panthers are leading the way with eight right now. If we post six points this weekend, which is entirely likely, then we will be autographing pieces of shattered sky outside the SSE arena next weekend. We will be right back in the mix. If you think the league's gone this early, your head's cut. Paddy Sloan, um, do you think, Davey, that the players we have signed just haven't got the diehard determination that Keith wants to instill, or is it a case we'll get there eventually with time? I think there's a little bit of balance. You know, we 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 criticised last season as well. We didn't really sign, you know, that that dearth of, or we have a dearth of natural centre men. So we, you know, at times you can be a little weak down the centre. We we have a lot of wingers playing for us, so it's just trying to find. The you know it's trying to get all the pieces that Jigsaw in the right place. We talked about it right at the top of the show. It's the chemistry and and, and yes, maybe the personnel and in, in certain places are wrong. But I'm not sure if you if I had the roster in front of me, who I would say right, he has to go or he has to go. All the pieces are there. It's getting them in the right place. Uh, you know, if you know, 
somebody said about you know if you could bring somebody else in, you'd be you'd be having to look at you know I know I'm going back now, but the likes of a Dustin White Cotton or you know somebody like that who's a natural centre man who can do, go both ways. You know I think that's one one place we might just be ever so slightly down. Simon, I don't think we've got anybody in the lineup right now that is anywhere close to the passion and pride that Adam Keith played in a Belfast Giants jersey. As it sits right now, um, I think that there's there's potential for you know a few of them to be able to do that. But uh, it's a it's a really good question from Paddy Sloan. Um, but I just think that you know there's there's maybe you know I know Adam's high on his videos and I know he's uh, you know he, he does a lot of, of uh, um, clips a lot of things together from players that have went wrong, certainly players that have went right as well. Um, I don't think it'll do any harm to show maybe 20 minutes of, of Adam Keith highlights uh, to these guys in the dressing room someday and just let them see what it is to be playing and obviously the captain and win trophies as a Belfast Giants captain. I think Joel come to you, but in the same question was put by James Clough. Should uh, number 47 play this weekend to show them what <laughs> Belfast expects from its players? <laughs> number 47 probably wishes he could play this weekend to show them what Belfast expects. But <clears throat> the, the the thing, I mean, and it's maybe the wording of the question, but the diehard determination that Adam Keith brought to Belfast is uh, a, a generational thing. It doesn't happen at our level of hockey in this part of the world often. Um, do I think that players we have signed uh, just haven't got that? Frankly, no. I couldn't probably. I, I couldn't give you more than one hands worth of players in my time watching this club that had even close to what Adam Keefe still has. But do I think that it's a team that's coachable to sort their discipline out, to start playing with an edge, and to actually maybe develop and establish a bit more pride in the jersey that they're wearing? Absolutely, I do because of the man behind the bench. We spoke earlier on about Dan Byers. Now we talk. We get one from Dan Bowers. Um, after his recent trip, where does Joel Neal think is the stranger place? The Belfast Giants Facebook forum or Dundee? <laughs> um, I've got more friends in Dundee, so I'm going to go. <laughs> you still banned? Nothing Dundee. I, uh, I am in week two of my sensational banning from the Belfast Giants Facebook forum. Uh, please, please, if anybody you know can, can just have a word, please help me. My family need hot takes. <laughs> uh, Mark Jamison, uh, I know historically we don't gas players, but I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts. Are changes needed, Simon? And if so, where? Um... I think defensively we could do with a bit of help. Um, I think that you know there's 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 guys that uh, you know really do need to take a good look at themselves um, and up their their game. Uh, you know, I know that we're what he said in the first part of his question there. You know, about not we don't really uh, get rid of players early on, uh, but I, I do think there's there's guys there who, if they're honest with themselves, are maybe slightly worried about uh, potentially uh, being even thought about about me being replaced. The, the big thing for me is we do have that extra import. Uh, so, you know, when Beskarani plays, we have to sit someone. So as a professional hockey player, you do not want to be a healthy scratch. It's, a, it's not so much embarrassing, but it's more of uh, is the coach not 
fancy me? Is he not, you know, is he not want me in the lineup? Is he is am I on my way out? And it, 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 it messes with your head as well. Like I was lucky enough, I was never a healthy scratch because I was just awesome. But um, <laughs> a, a plus it was plus it was British, I'm technically, and no Davies. Uh, you know, he'll he'll be waxed lyrical about me. But like again, there's there's guys there who who do need to take a good look at the mirror. Um, if there's changes, I you know I wouldn't be surprised. But you know, we're not privy to that information as much as you'd like to be. Uh, Joe. There's a middle ground, I think, uh, that is ideal, um, and it sits somewhere between the Steelers gassing the Rupert brothers and keeping players because they have signed for uh, a university course. There's a middle ground there where nobody should be complacent and nobody should go home after another beating thinking, well, at least my job's safe. You know, I'll, I'll hang out in Northern Ireland for a year and see the world. It's it's pretty cool. Um there's nothing wrong with waving a few plane tickets about the locker room, um, but I think if it is to happen, it has to be a careful, measured decision based on Davy's favourite thing, statistics. David? Lead Prospect says that 45-year-old, 480-pound Simon Kitchen is designated as Irish. Um, <laughs> and, that, and that his last season with the Castlereagh Knights, the, the team had 16 in the roster, so I'm not surprised he wasn't benched. But that aside... <laughs> there was more than 16, mate, my God. <laughs> um, what was the question? <laughs> the, the, Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the question? Party? Well, look, just what I was saying there about, you know, we've got a lot of players that are semi. Um, at the back end, we've been, <laughs> I described it the other day to use a Derek Walserism, a bit loosey goosey. You know, we're throwing pucks up the middle. Boys have to realize you can't do that. And if you don't change, then we'll have to change you. And unfortunately, that's, you know, that's, that's how it goes. And, uh, we've been a very, very loyal organization. Look, we're 500 through 10 games. It's not a disaster, but boys, the pressure of playing for your job as well would, would, would affect you. Also, you know, you don't underestimate how much pressure these guys are feeling as well in the social media era. You know, that, that does take a lot when you're on, you know, maybe the best thing a lot of boys could do is just to lose their iPhones for a few days and, and get back to work. And, you know, I, I've said already up front, I think we're a bit same with a lot of right wingers. We could maybe do with a bit more balance down the middle and, you know, potentially a few natural centers into the squad or, or, or designate someone and say, right, this is, you're going to have to work on this here and be that guy. But, um, I don't see changes coming too quickly. Um, I think we've got another few weeks of grace here, but the boys really have to have to get to work. David, I think I'm sorry for jumping in there, but I think it's that absolute social media. I mean, I know there's players there who spend a lot of time on social media. And when you're on the bus, you know, there's some of them will watch video, there's some of them will watch, uh, you know, listen to music, and but there's an awful lot of them will go through social media. I mean, you're seeing negative comments coming in about yeah. you. Uh, you know, it, it's absolutely... Look, I didn't have that in my day. Um, you know, there's... there's that wouldn't have mattered, mate. All the, all the comments would have been positive. Very true. Yeah, yeah, Paddy, very, very true. But, the um, you know, I think it's a very, very good point. I, I just think that some guys would be better off 100% losing their iPhone um, because they some of them just can't take criticism. Other phones are available. Um, only, only, only player to ever get twenty-one uh, MVPs in a row. Sam Kitchen. There's twenty-two, mate. Elite prospects have got that wrong, mate. Sorry, that's the incorrect. The uh, on on that note, and we'll just fire through one or two more quickly. On that note, Simon, I'll stick with you. Uh, Mark Smith. Uh, 
seeing as how a portion of the Steelers fans base have uh, forced the coach out, what's your opinion on fans tagging or just naming players on social media criticising? I don't really care. Um, you know, again, if you're on social media, you, then you're setting yourself up for um, for being ridiculed. Or uh, the one thing I would like to switch it around is, you know, are they the same people that when they're playing well, are they going to pat them on the back? If that's the case, then you're entitled to your opinion for for um, uh, having a go at them when they when they're not playing well. But if you're if you're just coming out to try and find, you know, uh, just to look at the negatives and be a um, a grumpy prick, then you know, no, you're not entitled to your opinion. David, um, well, I guess if you follow someone on Twitter and you want to get up close and personal and let, and let them know that you're having I don't like people I, I, I'm not a fan of people talking behind people's backs so if you're going to say it at least, at least have the have the cherries as opposed to say it to their face virtually uh, you know in, in terms of of uh, of Twitter but then don't uh, be standing at the steps of the bus and if they walk past tell them of their best things and slice bread who could you be talking about um, I'm, I'm not talking I'm, I'm genuinely not talking about anyone I just mean or in general if you're in in uh, McCool's afterwards or somewhere, don't you know? Don't be sliding up to them beside the bar saying you're great, and then going on Twitter and saying you're you're not. Joe, courage of your convictions. That's it. Uh, I did the 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 broadcast with says I can't even remember which game it was. It was that was the it was the clan game, um, <clears throat> and the next day we got a bunch of tweets from very happy customers over in Glasgow who called us bleeping embarrassing and that we knew nothing about hockey. Um, I put myself out knowing that that's something that might happen. And if and when it does, I'll take it on the chin. It doesn't mean I like it, but I'll take it on the chin. And extrapolate that up to somebody who's a professional sportsman. In this day and age, it is part and parcel of the game. I think it just comes back to what I was saying earlier about Paul Thompson, Paul Thompson sorry, in that it's about what you're saying and how you're saying it. If you're attacking someone personally, if you're being needlessly aggressive, I'm not about that whatsoever. But there are people who spend a lot of money, sacrifice a lot of time and a lot of other stuff to follow these clubs. Um, so in the heat of the moment I understand that tweets can be sauced out and that people can be angry part of the game and, and I think if you're a professional athlete it's part of, the, of, of what you have to deal with and what you need to be mentally ready for let's do these last ones quickly how many wins from sorry Daniel McDonald Joel how many wins does a season ticket entail to you two each year <laughs> yeah. as long as you get your uh, jersey as long as you get your, your season ticket in like June and as long as you get free popcorn every night, doesn't matter, sure. Jordan <laughs> jo- Jordan Wilson, um, Simon, do we like Blair Riley as captain? Yes or no? Do we believe he has the er- he is early this what? Do we believe he has early the C? Don't know what that means. If not earned, earned. earned there we go. If not, who would you prefer to have wore the C? Is this the same Blair Riley that won as the Challenge Cup last year? Yes. Well, technically, his team won. His team won. He didn't do it himself. Yeah, you missed a big chance to hit the statistics line there. Statistically speaking, it's a it's a tough one. I don't think there's anybody that's jumping out and showing leadership to deserve the C as the sits right now. So I think it's up for grabs. You know. Um, nobody would like to have the seat taken off him if they've already got it. Uh, but again, you know, Riley's he's been the captain for the last two years. Um, sorry, last season, sorry. 
and obviously moving into this year, he was uh, he's he's got the C in his jersey. So you know, again, I've, I've we've done uh, when I, when Saturday night happened, I was absolutely raging that we could beat on Saturday night. You know, you're traveling three hours in the ferry, three and a half hours in the car up the road, um, costing you good money to get across there, uh, and I was I was. I was re- absolutely raging. and I was going to go back to the hotel and have didn't even just went back to the hotel and chat sat and Jasmine ended up beating me up bloody cards as well for God's sake. So, you know, it's um it's uh it was I was really disappointed and but I just think there's there's opportunity there for somebody to grab it by the scruff and carry this team forward. Um and I do believe that's gonna happen soon. I was gonna just leave that up, but I'm gonna go around, Davy. You know, Blair Riley, did he come with Stockton Heat, was it he came from? Stockton Heat, you know, yes. And, and he came in with a, a pretty defined role that he was going to be a power forward and he and he stood out, he shone in that first season. I think it you know, it got to thirty goals and a team that had like Higgy and Desi and Sav, you know, you could go on, Forney, Walser, all those guys, you know, and, and he stood out, he shone, shone out, you know, well over a point a, 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 a game and then I think last season it, it just didn't all click for him early season. But like this season, it started a wee bit slow for him. I think they maybe have talked about players coming here and, and losing an edge. And I don't mean that in terms of you know their their production or whatever going down, but maybe their their physicality within the game and and what they have to do to earn that roster spot. You know, when he was at Stockton, he was having to be that wily veteran. He was, I think the the guy from Stockton or maybe it was Bryles himself said about you know taking younger players under his wing. They've got that on. They've got that on this roster now. You need you know you need to be the man to show the the younger guys what to do. And 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 Blur really came in here in that first season and, and said, I can I can I can be a game changer in this league. You know I I can go in that. I can get these goals. I can get these power play goals. And and last season it just didn't start so well for him. Whenever it heated up with with um, Murph and him, you know, second half of the season, I think um, Blair Riley and Murphy were sensational on that line together. I think with with with, with Rudy on their line, and then um, you know the season has started slowly again for him. I don't necessarily think that just because he's had a slow start this season, he doesn't deserve the captaincy. But I think there's 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 definitely you know definition of roles required within this team as well. And 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 one of Blair Riley's roles was to be the go to guy and. And while you're starting slow, you know, the focus and the spotlight will come down on you as the, you know, if you're not being that man, do you deserve this? Do you deserve that? Do you deserve your ice time? Do you deserve the C in their chest? You know, no less or no more than anybody else has shown that they deserve it at the minute. Joel Neal. Yeah, this is a tough one for me, to be honest. Um, Blair Riley as a guy, I think is absolutely stand up. I think he's rock solid. I think he's uh, in terms of his, his personal character, how he carries himself and how he interacts and, and treats the fan base and, and the wider community is exemplary. And, and that to me is, is part and parcel of being a captain of the team. Um, whenever you take it onto the ice, um, and, and I'm obviously um, hypothesizing here um, because I don't know, but... I feel like him as a person is maybe he's maybe going through a bit of a period of flux uh, in terms of his career. You know, he's uh, he's making moves into the world of of agency and, and looking probably towards a career after hockey. Um, he uh, he hasn't been the Blair Riley that that we saw in year one, but he lifted a Challenge Cup in Cardiff at the end of last season, and we are what four league games in. Um, I think I think the other boys have put it better than I can there, frankly. Um, I think he's an absolutely stand-up guy. I think the, the scenario, the situation that we're in right now is very, very difficult. Um, the captaincy should be, um, it should be the, the proudest thing uh, in the team. You know, uh, 
I, I like to think that every guy who pulls on that jersey has at least taken the time to realize the significance of that club in this city to its people. Um, if they haven't, and if they don't, I don't want them here. Um, I think Blair understands it. I really do. I think he gets what it means to be a giant. I think him personally, whatever reason, um, he's, he's just experienced in another phase of his career. Um, I do think that he has the potential and I do think that he has the tools to be an exemplary on-ice captain in the same way that he is off the ice day and daily. Um, but all of that remains to be seen. It's, it's uh, Again, it's not for us to, to know or tell. We're going to wrap it up there. There is one more question I'm going to ask, but just a quick thank you to everybody who put in questions for TFA. Some we didn't get to, Thomas Brownlee, Andrew Adley, Redbeard Dave. I'm very sorry we didn't get to your questions. We're going to we're going to wrap it up there, but we'll bring it back to you next week. TFA, hashtag TFA on at AVFTB on Twitter. I am going to close up with a question from at Belfast Tales, Stevie Smith. Uh, do you, Davy? is there a holding cell somewhere where all the links Davy has promised to throw up over the years are sitting waiting to be deployed? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just say to all those people that um, didn't get your TFAs read out, I'll, I'll, I'll answer them all. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, okay, three games in three days for the Belfast Giants. Uh, considering the last five games, this is a real test of whether we can turn the corner. First two games, Friday and Saturday, against the Milton Keynes Lightning. The Lightning themselves coming off a win on overtime over the uh, over the Dundee Stars on Sunday. The game's Friday, Saturday night, 7pm. And then the Giants on Sunday go to the Coventry Blaze. Coventry coming off a win over the Sheffield Steelers at home. They're very tough to play at home. That's 5 15 p.m. on Sunday. Um, just quickly from everybody, uh, I'll start with you, Joel. Uh, a real test. A real test in that it's three games in three days. A real test in that we are in a rut right now and that the ice is very much tilting away from us. Um, but remember who we are here. There is absolutely no reason that we should not go out and drub the Lightning two nights in a row. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, the third game on Sunday, yes, it's a test, but some some of the most fiery and passion, some of the grittiest Giants away games I've ever seen have happened um, after a long weekend in the Sky Dome. That, that place brings out uh, sometimes the best in us, sometimes <laughs> the absolute worst in us as well. And I read a phenomenal story about David Majimsi's adventures over there in years <laughs> gone by. Um, you know, it, it can be a, a real edgy, fiery barn to play in, kind of akin to, to the Fi Fi Serena on its night. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't get minimum four, but I have to believe that we can come out of this weekend with six points. Says the opportunity of two games at home to the Milton Keynes Lightning is a fantastic one with the team trying to turn the corner. Uh, yeah, again, but you know they went out and, and beat uh, Dundee as I've already said on Sunday night. So it's you know the big Sheffield already this season. We know they can play. Um, they've got a really good goaltender. Uh, they've got a coach who's coach. You know he's, he's played in the NHL. He's, I think he's coaching the NHL as well. Um, you know so. He'll know what he, what uh, what it takes. If, if hopefully it's the same team that turns up at, at Cardiff and out and spanked there a couple of weeks ago on uh, free sports, um, and if that's the case, then that'd be fantastic. And you know, but uh, yeah, like I think the guys can do it this weekend. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's about sticking together as a group. That's the most important part of this. You know, you you get with hockey. You, you know, sometimes you you, you have two games the weekend. This time we've got three. They don't. You know, you don't get time to 
to feel sorry for yourself. You just need to get back up again. You have to remember you're pulling on that shirt that, that potentially Friday and Saturday night there's going to be ten thousand people cheering for you. Um, and uh, it's important that you know that they they do get to realise that that is the case. So um, I'm expecting uh, two home wins, and uh, and then hopefully with if we get those two home wins uh, and four points heading over to Coventry on the Sunday, uh, we can get some against a wee bit of confidence going and and push on in the Coventry as well. Davy, with one win in five, the fans are grumbling. You can understand why, but. Do the Giants need to go out there and put on a show, or is just a win enough? Oh, a bit of both. When you're at home, you know you have to you have to be expecting a big crowd in on Friday and especially Saturday night, and the, and the guys know it's more. That's one of those, Paddy. You look, what's the games back? We haven't played badly. We've created. We just we, we have to get that early. We've lost, lead, mate. You know. I, I agree with that. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> so Statistically, Paddy's right there, you know, David. Yeah, statistically, you are correct. But, you know, we, we've played in terms of this Saturday night coming. We have to kind of put the same sort of performance in terms of creativity. I've said about getting the puck in deep and going to work. We we just we have to get that first goal. I think that's a, a little yeah. bit of confidence issues. You know, confidence comes, you know, confidence breeds confidence. So it's one of those you have to get off early here and and get a lead and, and there's no if you could probably hand pick a team at the minute you'd want to be facing when you're sort of in this bit of a funk you'd 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 want to you'd want it to be the Milton Keynes Lightning at the minute hope I'm not scudding that obviously but you know we just got to get their goaltender moving left or right and we just got to start firing past them those games Friday and Saturday at the SSE Arena 7pm for each of course if you put can't it, put, it like, it, put it like this Paddy I will I will be taking Belfast Giants and over six and a half goals in both games. Ooh, that's a big shout. If you want to follow Davy, listen, whatever, whatever, bookies gamble responsibly. Gamble, <laughs> gamble responsibly. Unlike David McGimsey, gamble <laughs> responsibly. Friday and Saturday night, seven PM versus Milton Keynes Lightning, SSC Arena. Get yourself down there or tune in to Mr. Simon Kitchen back behind the mic for Belfast Giants TV and on Sunday away at the Sky Dome 7, sorry, 5.15pm on Sunday and you'll be able to join Stu and Ed Kimberly there on well, I assume it's the two of them still on the Coventry Blaze TV Live. We'll find out. Tune in and find out. Could be Stu, could be Ed, could be anybody. Could be Paul Wheeler back again. Doubt that. But we, you never know. Um... Any other business, boys? I think we've all got the same one, don't we? Do we? Do we? A big happy birthday to one Laura Small this oh, week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that we aren't songsmiths in our own right. Oh, we're not going to do this again, are we? <laughs> I think we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people. And we owe it to Laura Small to attempt the second happy birthday. Right. Okay, I'm going to tap out a rhythm. All right. Come Can on. we? We need. We need a. We need a, a GM. The GM three two in into yeah. this. Already. And we're straight in. And we're straight into the first syllable. Like straight so, into. Happy. So it's, so so it's three two one. Happy. Uh, oh, oh, right. So <laughs> that's, okay. 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 So that, that was dry run. Dry run. <laughs> so we're just establishing the rules. Sometimes we're all about the fall. Oh, baby. <laughs> 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 it's descended into chaos. Uh, <laughs> the... <laughs> Happy right. birthday, birthday. Right. You don't even have a chin. I thought you'd have something. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, do you know what? 
honestly, while you guys were talking, I frantically be trying to cut um, "Happy Birthday" by Stevie Wonder, but like, I didn't get that done quick enough. So ten pot, yeah, just, you know, just not prepared. A view from the bridge. We're just not prepared. <laughs> right, come on, let's get her done here. Let's get her done. Three, yeah, let's go ahead. Two, go two, one, one. Happy birthday to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. There's nothing to do with my pen on this. That's going in. That's going in. Oh, oh. baby. <laughs> Where's the guy? Right. That's not Laura. I didn't mean that. That's not Laura. Oh, oh, oh no. No. Oh. Cut that bit. Right, bleep take, on. Bleep on. Take that bit out. Take that bit out. <laughs> oh, dear. Love, love Happy you. birthday, love Laura. Love you, Smallsy. Love you, Smallsy. Anything else? No. Is that it? Happy birthday! <laughs> oh, that's kiss, boys. Um, we'll wrap we'll wrap things up there. Thanks to Lewis Hook and Adam Keith for coming on with the interviews. Thanks to uh, Mister Bajimsey, Mister Kitty, <coughs> and Mister Neil. Thanks, Thanks boys. Uh, the two games, sorry, the three games this weekend. As I said, Friday and Saturday, seven p.m. against Milton Keynes Lightning at the SSE Arena, and on Sunday, away to the Coventry Blaze, five fifteen p.m. You can get the home games. We can get to the home games, or if you can't get to the home games, Belfast Giants TV, and of course the Coventry games you'll be able to get on the Blaze live tv webcast keep an eye on at avftb for all your news through the weeks and maybe a bit of jibing and other stuff uh, facebook.com you uh, f- just look for a view from the bridge at kingdomofthegiants.com and our website www.kingdomofthegiants.com for uh, articles highlights and all you know game reports and all that sort of stuff Paddy, Paddy, yes, Paddy. Yes, yes, Be- yes before before you say it before you say the line you know the way that uh, the show has descended into absolute chaos? No. It's, n- it's now a time to tack on the absolutely hilarious Colin Shields outtake from last week because I think he summed this up real well. Yep. And then wow. the next room over, Brad Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it all go wrong, Shed? 1,200 <laughs> NHL games. Easy for those two. Bay. Those guys made a hundred million each, and I'm sitting here talking to you, clowns. <laughs> Bravo! So there you have it. Wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. Podcast Network.